everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of the Global Careers Calls podcast from the University of London Career Service. Listen in to stimulating career conversations between a member of our team and professionals working in a range of sectors based across the globe. This season's focus is corporate careers, so let's listen in to our Global Careers Call. Taniel Kazim calls Roxana Mititilu in Amsterdam. Roxana is a career developer in bid and change management and currently studying for a global MBA with the University of London. Roxana shows how her desire for continuous professional development and passion for using technology to empower people and bring about positive change has helped to write her professional story so far. Please note this conversation was recorded in December 2022, just a few weeks into her new job role. We hope you enjoy this call with Roxana. Roxana, I'm delighted to be with you this morning on our Global Careers Call. Welcome to the show. I'd like to set the scene for our listeners, first of all, by describing where we're both dialing in from. So I'll go first. I'm in central London, sitting in my office pod. So tell the audience where you're dialing in from. I'm from uh, the Netherlands. I'm living in the city center of Amsterdam. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I knew you'd been on some travels uh, around Europe recently because you are uh, you were in between jobs. Uh, so that, that's really cool to join you on, on this side of Europe. So, Roxana, as we settle into this careers call, I would like to begin our conversation with a bit of a bang. I would like to ask you, what is on your mind, work-wise or indeed studies-wise, right now? Well, to be honest, I'm glad that a couple of minutes ago, before the call, I was submitting my last assignment for university. The ah, deadline. Congratulations. Thank you. It was a long assignment, six-month assignment. Actually, it was a leadership evaluation of myself, and I was keen to to understand uh, what my profile is, and I'm very keen to find out what the results are. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's cool. That's going to be very helpful for you to know that in the workplace as well. Indeed. And we'll get on to um, we'll get on to your studies and so forth very shortly. Uh, that's cool, Roxana. So I want to say now, taken from your professional profile, I noticed a quote. You are quote passionate about using technology to empower people and bring positive change. So where does this passion derive from? And how does it connect to your values? Uh, it is a long story. It's an, an old story. It started somewhere with my first job. Uh, it was actually a coincidence how I got the job. I always wanted to have a specific phone and located in Romania. I didn't know exactly if the phone will be compatible with the network. By that time, I didn't know exactly too many, too many things about how the network, telecommunication networks actually work. And I was trying to set up my phone, and it didn't work because it was a different type of network. I was calling the call center all the time. I need support. I need support. What should I be doing? And it was a struggle for me, and I found out that, honestly, the technology should be helping us being innovative, uh, being creative, and not actually uh, bother you and uh, um, losing time by uh, all kinds of setups that uh, should be easy to handle. This is actually how I got the job because the people from call center, they said to me, you know what, you know many things about it, 
why not come to us? And this, uh, and since that moment, I started my journey in the IT. So yeah, this is <laughs> this is my story. How I also it all started, honestly. That's probably one of the most unusual career <laughs> path entry stories I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, it was supposed to be um, a person working in accounting. And this is actually why uh, my uh, university degree, my first degree, it was in accounting. And I was expecting that I would be pro- working in that area. But interacting with uh, that company... Uh, I liked the way that they were approaching the situation because it was an unusual situation for them as well. And I've been discovering every time I was doing something at work or changing the jobs uh, that uh, the IT is actually something that uh, you will never be uh, good enough in all domains. So you have to have a specific area where you should be uh, on peak and after that develop yourself on the other areas but it's dynamic and you'll never get bored in the IT environment mm, so your passion and motivation is, is driven by a personal uh, challenge you had setting up your phone and then you sort of explored this world of technology and um, it, you definitely strike me as somebody who's keen to learn and uh, believes in lifelong learning. And so I want to actually um, touch upon this now in our, in our next uh, portion of the chat. So um, parking your work experience for just a second, what I really want to shine a light on in this conversation, Roxana, is your approach to learning. So you just mentioned um, you studied a bachelor's degree, I believe, in accounting and information management. And then you've gone on now to do several different masters uh, post-grad qualifications plus uh, loads of impressive uh, accreditations from your, your profile and if that's not enough you're currently juggling a global MBA Masters in Business Administration with us here at the University of London and you're due to graduate next year. You seem to have a superpower of time management because how do you manage to fit in all of these things whilst working? Do you have any sort of tips or insights for our listeners? Um, well, I always uh, thought that uh, education and uh, professional career should be uh, actually together, not separately. And all the jobs that I did and all the academic studies or trainings or all kinds of educational that I wanted to attend, they are interrelated. I moved into IT, I started uh, having certifications, or I attended a master's degree that it was related to technical area. Um, I think it's related to the discipline. While you are progressing um, uh, every year, you actually have uh, enough experience to improve what you did wrong uh, in the previous um, education. And uh, yeah, at the beginning it wasn't it wasn't easy. Uh, you have to do all kinds of sacrifices. You will find that uh, they are overlapping. Uh, you have a job. You have to attend. Uh, you have to go to school. And uh, it was it was difficult. But in time, you actually you you have enough experience to to manage um, the deadlines and to have a schedule. Uh, work with uh, maybe a calendar or a reminder 
uh, or if you don't like this kind of technologies, use a physical agenda. Notes, this kind of Notepad thing. Notepad and paper. Yes, exactly. And uh, in time, actually, um, I think the um, academic environment understood that uh, we live in a dynamic uh, environment and we cannot always go to, to classes, physical classes. And uh, online is actually something that it should be normal for us. And it was a surprise for me when I started uh, studying with University of London because uh, they actually had this kind of programs. And I said, well, this matches me more than ever because I have to go to, to, to my job. I have to be present there. I have people that rely on me. And uh, not always uh, I will be able to attend uh, those uh, modules. And I, th I think um, the university helps you to organize the time to create a specific discipline, but also gives you the flexibility to, to organize uh, the, the things the way that you want it, now, not uh, how a program actually wants you to, to, to be. Yes, you mentioned this offline, actually, didn't you, to me, how um, you're very much, with some degrees, um, you have to follow the module structure, but you were very, um, you're very clear on what you, <laughs> yeah, you're very clear on what you wanted to get out of the degree and how it could help you for your career, which actually leads me nicely on to the next question I had for you, which was, what was the main reason, apart from it being quite suitable in terms of the flexible delivery, that you, you did the global MBA? And by that, I mean, what is it helping you to do in your career in terms of filling in some skills gaps and helping you get from where you perhaps were before it to where you want to go next in thinking about your, your career afterwards? There were different analyses, approaches. Um, I had a list of programs that I wanted to, uh, to attend and uh, I was starting analyzing them based on my needs. And um, I understood that most of the time I was in global teams, uh, handling uh, different cultures with different approaches in all kinds of projects that I was involved. And um, just an MBA was not enough for me. I liked the flexibility of the program director and when I was discussing with, with him about my needs, he was explaining to me that I have the options. Uh, the options is based on my, my timing, um, what I want to achieve, um, what specialization I would want to have and for me it was leadership in, in Global MBA. And the fact that they had uh, all kind of partnerships that uh, in case the program is not enough for you, you can go to the partners and ask for support. In this case, the Chartered Management Institution. And uh, together, actually, they were building the person that I am today. And uh, the COVID-19 pandemics actually changed us a lot. And the program actually provided you with all the guidance of how to be a leader in, in extreme situations. You had methodologies, you had frameworks, you were exposed to different scenarios. And uh, it was supporting me 
to understand how I want to be because I don't want to be a person that uh, does the job, does the task, assign, delegate the tasks to, to other people and at uh, six o'clock shut down my laptop and do something else. And this is how I was choosing the, the program and uh, it gave me the flexibility to switch the models between, uh, between them based on my needs. So when I wanted to attend the marketing uh, module because I was involved in projects that were related to marketing, I went to that program, to that module. And um, what I wanted um, in the program, you had the leadership uh, core module that actually you should be doing in the first year because you should be discovering uh, what you should improve. And I said, hang on, I know what I have to improve. I have a development plan for me. Why not measure myself for one year and after that attend the modules and see how I am? And Amazing. yeah, it was it was challenging because besides those modules that you had to attend uh, at university and uh, the job, you had your own development plan that, in my opinion, sometimes doesn't match the job. So you have to work on it outside the, the job description and activities and make sure that you work with yourself and work with yourself means that you have to attend other modules, other trainings, you have to read a lot, you have to understand yourself because being a person that others rely on you, um, it means that you have to understand yourself first, you have to see what your mistakes are and maybe ideally you should not repeat them. This is how it was for me. And today was the submission of that kind of assignment, six months of evaluation, because that was the scope of the, of the module, to evaluate yourself, find specific frameworks and improve your existing development plan. For my colleagues, probably it was creating a development plan. I was adapting and see how I should be improving myself in the next year. Mm. Roxana, there's so much value in what you're saying there. So if we can like just uh, for our listeners, there's lots of um, nuggets of wisdom in that. So lots of people listening will be just starting out in their career and perhaps not quite sure in the direction that they want to take. Others will be developing or looking to change their career. And so what you've said there really speaks to all people because it reinforces the idea of you're in charge of your career. You are. Um, you have the power to direct it to what you want to expose yourself to, and I think it's very um, astute of you that you actually approached the academics uh, to to tell them that. And um, at the end of the day, I think, as you alluded to as well, anyone who's a working professional looking to to develop professionally and it's clear to me that you're somebody who's very interested in professional development um, to be able to have some kind of plan and um, then being able to implement that plan making the most of different resources and materials and networks in order to 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 fulfill that vision you have of yourself and so I want to um, actually just ask you um, looking back then and to our listeners, would you advise then that it is important to have some sort of plan, 
even if you don't have it all worked out, having an idea on the say next one to two years of where you want to go in your career and how how would you actually advise to do that? Yes, it is important. And comparing to my experience of being uh, a student, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years ago, currently most of the universities are trying to get in touch with both uh, the students and the um, business environment so they can adapt the programs that I have in a way that the students will be prepared to go in the market and ready to have a suitable job. It is important for all of us to have a plan. What do I want to achieve in one year, two years? Five years, I think it's a lot because I usually change my, my plan after one year or maybe two years. Um, it is it is important to 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 understand what you wanna do, not what you will find in the market. I understand, and it's difficult for all of us because we all ha all have to pay bills, so we have to go to have a job. But you, I th I think it's better to combine your passion, what you're good at, and what you can give back to your community with the job. Because it's the, today we live in a, in an environment that's so dynamic that actually everything is changing and um, you have to be prepared for everything. Why not be prepared yourself by knowing what you want and not get you by surprise and don't, don't exactly know what you can do in that moment? And I always say to, to, to my friends, for example, read. It's important to read. Read everything that you have. It doesn't matter that it, you agree with or not. Read and see the other's perspective because they might, be, uh, they might be saying right, they might be wrong, but at least you will have your opinion. You will be exposed to someone else. And why not be exposed outside the job and try to educate yourself rather than uh, have a surprise at work when you do not know what needs to be done. And another thing, when you don't know what needs to be done, just do something. Yeah. Something, it will always make a progress on yourself. And another thing that I'm doing, usually I have long-term challenges that sometimes not make you feel... Um, uh, having a positive feeling about it and you have a challenge for five years for example but try to find something that gives you on short-term satisfaction attend the training uh, do something blend with the community help the people help your uh, help your neighbor if this makes you feel better but have this kind of satisfaction that every day you did something at work with the colleagues outside, um, read, read a book, uh, watch uh, a documentary that you feel that it's added value for yourself, try to understand yourself, this kind of thing. This kind of thing makes you feel that at the end of the day you did something and you just not wasted time just not doing anything. Do something. That's the most important. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very easy to um, get lost in 
the overwhelming amount of things that need to be done. And sometimes it is a case of just get started with something. And um, yeah, you definitely strike me as somebody who has learnt a lot about herself over the years. And I think that is a lesson for our listeners, really. Take the time to reflect. Um, think about what you're good at, what you enjoy, and try and make a spinner profession out of it. That's the advice to our career starters as well as our career changers, perhaps. And what you said earlier as well, um, I think another way of looking at it is in this world that we live in, it's always changing, but the only constant is you. And so what better way to prepare for a world that's always changing, dragging you into this thing, this task, this project, this um, global global labor market change. The best way to survive that is to work on yourself and build the skills so that you can, when needed and called upon, flex accordingly. So I think um, that is some, some, some great insight that you shared there, Roxana, too. And really glad that the, the degree is helping you to become that global citizen and work um, in truly global teams. And so I want to actually now go back to the topic of work experience because I appreciate our audience uh, hasn't yet got to hear too much about what it is you actually do. So um, uh, career-wise, you've held several senior positions in bid and change management to lead a range of complex technology transformation projects. And you recently started a new job too. So congratulations for that. Uh, so would you be able to, you're welcome, would you be able to tell us a little bit about uh, how this job is going or if you prefer uh, about your previous workplaces and roles and perhaps one or two like projects that you worked on and what that was like? Well, currently I'm in my third week on my new assignment and I'm still in that discovery phase trying to see uh to meet my colleagues my 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 teams that I will be working with um try to understand the organization and how uh, what what's its mission and the processes what should i be doing and currently i'm like more as a, an observer rather than actually working and i think that's um the normal thing to do it and I think I'm lucky lucky that I have um, a great team that actually supports me uh, onboarding myself into this new journey, because this is how I call it. This is a new journey that I'm starting. And um, it, is, um, it is a change, obviously, because the company is, uh, is different. Every company um, has its own principles and mission, vision, values uh, that uh, everyone needs to be respecting. Um, it's, um, it's interesting and challenging. I wanted to have this kind of challenge because uh, in my uh, experience with um, the bid, uh, if you're not exposed, you actually do not know how you should be reacting on future projects. It, it, usually, all projects are different, um, teams are different, and you are the key person there. You actually bring all the people together and you start discussing what needs to be done and make sure that actually things are progressing. 
and you have to understand the people, you have to, to have, be flexible, you have to understand that everyone has its own personal problems and you have to adjust the plan in a way that everyone is actually come to work because they wanted to achieve something, not because it's just the work. And um, this is something that, again, the leadership program that the module that I was doing the last six months developed help me develop all kinds of methodologies, approaches, uh, including templates from the CMI to help you how to to support your team. Because I think the way that I am is more the stewardship rather than actually um, yeah. make people do the job. I'm trying to be there. You bring them How together. can I help to make you sure that you are able to do it rather than force you to do it? And it's 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 a job that is challenging because every project doesn't matter if it's for two weeks or six months. Um, usually, it uh, you have new members in the team. Uh, sometimes I have, as uh, we were discussing, uh, people that they just graduated. And if you uh, onboard them into a massive project where the only thing that uh, they have to, they understand is that they have to do something and they don't know what needs to be done, the scope of, the, of, of me was to make sure that um, they have the right information. They know the environment and uh, the fact that the entire team is there to support them. Because that's the role of the senior people to make sure that the new newcomers are actually comfortable with uh, the new the new job. It's really important that you you mention that because um, a lot of our listeners um, they won't be so familiar of what working in bid management actually looks like. And the theme of this series is spotlighting the corporate sector. And I actually used to, to work in the, your world uh, in a previous life. And it's really, um, what you said really um, made me reminisce about what it is like to be a junior on a on a team where you're working for a client, there's a massive contract or bid that you're trying to secure because the way it works for those who don't, aren't familiar is um, you're, there's a client, potential client who puts out a tender to various companies and then um, it's up to you as the as the solution architect or the consulting firm to come up with a proposal and try and win their business. And there's so many different like moving parts to creating that proposal. You need to do the costing. You need to actually get people to come up with the solution. You need to analyze their environment. You need to do all sorts of things. And it's very, very fast paced. Things can turn over in the matter of two weeks or maybe you'll have a few more months. And so, um, yeah, is it quite crazy at times? And uh, how do you keep your your team under control in your leadership roles? What sort of um, skills does it call upon for you to, to practice? You have, for example, um, you have a framework that actually helps you to to, 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 to to guide you on the steps that needs to be done in this job. That's somehow the technical part of the job where you have um, the, the structure and you coming with the soft skills, how you make people and uh, work together. 
um, there is a bid process and it's easy to, to, to find it and to, to read about it, what needs to be done, how, what are the steps, um, which, uh, which kind of responsibilities you have, uh, what are the members of a bid team. I usually call the wind team because it's more personal and make people, yes, we are, we are here to win, not just to, yeah, to, to, to in do the mindset a bit. already. Yeah. And um, you're coming with the positive part of the, of the deal. You're making people to feel that they are appreciated and everything they are, do they are doing, even sometimes it's very demanding. You're trying to find solutions for them in order to, to continue progressing with the deal. It's a very demand demanding environment and it's very stressful. Yeah. And uh, finding someone that actually is um, a positive uh, person in the team makes the team team move move forward with the deal. So you have the part, the, the technical part, the APMP framework, and also you can have the uh, soft skills that is very um, easy to 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 understand if you're attending, for example, the CS Charter Management Institution modules and the yeah. my MBA. I have to admit it. I like my MBA. It was very good for me that I was choosing that MBA. And actually, this is something that develops you as being a leader. A leader doesn't mean that you have to be a manager. You're there to support the team and make sure that they continue working. They are frameworks. So actually, Roxana, you mentioned just now, and you reminded me actually, I wanted to ask, and this will be very important for our listeners, how did you expect your distance and flexible global MBA that you're doing with us to be received by employers? Do they see it as a valuable degree or what are their opinions of it and what has that reality been compared to what you were expecting? Um, well, I can tell you how it was for me uh, yeah. now that I changed the job because obviously I went to interviews and I was discussing with people and uh, mm. The way that I'm doing my resume is one page only. I'm not uh, detailing anything that I think that the uh, the the interest for me to to go to the interview. You see what are my skills, what I did, the schools, and uh, I'm expecting that this is actually working. Uh, seven page CV, that's too much, honestly. And um, the <laughs> <laughs> the MB the MBA, um, actually, um, I've been asked about it because it, it was exactly your question. How did it help you to become the person that you are today? And I was explaining what I like about, liked about it because um, you are exposed to things uh, and situations that the company doesn't expose you not today. Maybe in future, when um, these uh, will uh, these two domains will will uh, understand that they have to collaborate in order to be successful, they will understand that uh, the 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 education is is important for all of us to 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 become better. And it was and it was a question actually. 
why did I why did I want it the global MVA? And the honest uh, answer was, um, I am in global projects, so somehow I wanted to be exposed globally. I want to understand different culture, different uh, different uh, methodologies that are applied in other in other countries. And I want to make sure that from now on, I continue this kind of approach. So yes, it's um, from my experience, uh, having the right studies is important. And making sure that you actually bring the argument why you wanted to do it. Just attend a program, that's not enough. Not, it's not enough for you, it's not enough for people that are around you. And it links back to that point you said earlier about doing your, your due diligence on yourself and thinking about where do I want to be a year, what two years from now, and perhaps reverse engineering the steps that you need to take in order to get there. You quite simply and very well articulated that you want to or are trying to work more now with global teams. How can you be better at that? And so this is uh, this is the choice that you made to elevate the next step in your career and it's uh, it's really nice to see uh so we got a few more things i want to talk to you about and then we'll finish actually with a quick fire round roxana so do get ready for that one uh so our listeners are going to be quite intrigued by your background as i was you're of romanian origin but you've studied and worked in the uk and if i'm correct in saying you've also collaborated with teams across europe in Switzerland, as well as the Benelux, so um, Belgium, Netherlands, where you're based, Luxembourg, and Nordic regions. Is there something that sticks in the memory about working with these different teams? And more specifically, what sort of skills did you need to navigate those different working cultures? And what advice would you give to those thinking about taking that next step and working and managing international teams? Now I'm going back to academic studies. Um, there are research uh, that actually supports uh, how you should behave in a global team and how you should um, uh, behave when you have specific cultures, and these are some frameworks that are very known in uh, in our domain, that are from Hofstede and Trompenars. They are the most uh, the most important ones, and actually advises you. Uh, actually, it shows which how which one of us are behaving in our natural cultural environment, and that's the that's the nicest thing that you when you will see that you have people all over the world in the same team, you will have to to understand each one of your members and you have to find a common ground for all of them to make sure that uh, the team actually works. Of course, I did had conflicts in in my team, people that didn't want to work with one person because they just didn't like each other. So your role is to make sure that um, you. So what what I did is actually divide the the activities in a way that people were comfortable working with specific people, just to make sure that we are continue working. And in time, um, when you are exposed uh, for in specific cultures, 
you actually you understand uh, them better than at the beginning and they start working at the end of a project actually it was a surprise they start working together and i said okay why didn't this happen at the beginning <laughs> it would have been much <laughs> more better and easier for me but this is important if you know your audience and you know your yeah. members and you have the mechanism and methodologies to apply and make you make you understand them and there was someone that actually recommended me um i think a couple of weeks ago there is a co- there is a book that it was uh, that it was called um Bao Sheikh's hand or something kiss bow or shake hand that actually helps you understand from practical perspective how people were um, exposed to specific cultures and what is needed to be done in order to respect their culture. And it was it was very interesting. I started reading it, but uh, because of uh, everything that is going around uh, in in my life currently, I'm reading just a couple of pages, and after that, I have to move on to other activities. But this, as 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 a conclusion, as a conclusion, I think it is important to to understand your team, and in my opinion, if you document yourself of the type of cultures that uh, you have in your team, you can actually make a successful team from it. Uh, yeah, thank you for that book suggestion as well. I actually wanted to ask what sort of things would you recommend our listeners look into or help to educate themselves about um, what it means to work in global teams. So we'll refer to that one in the show notes. Thank you, Roxana. Uh, so, Roxana, I don't know how we've got here, but we're into our final segment of the podcast. This is a quick fire round, so I'm going to fire off a few questions at you. Don't um, overthink it. Just let me know what comes to mind straight away. Okay. So, first one. Who inspires you? Um, I like a company that is an IT company, and I like uh, its CEO. That is Nadella. I like the type of leadership, and uh, I do consider that it's a unique way of leadership that is applied on a huge company. So that's inspiring me. So her leadership style inspires you. That's great. Uh, what is Roxana's ultimate career ambition? Um, I have I have a plan for for myself. Uh, with this change, the career change, I'm trying to see if I'm able to handle the the, the plan. Uh, it is a combination between what I want to do next from academical perspective and the, the next uh, the next uh, the next job. Uh, I haven't decided yet if it's going to be a PhD or a DBA. I have a list of of, uh, of universities. I'm flexible anywhere in Europe. Um, I'm trying to match my needs with the programs and see how it goes. We're rooting for you in the University of London, <laughs> and we're very glad to be part of that journey as well. So Thank all you. the best with that. That sounds amazing. Thank you. Uh, what does Roxana like to do to unwind or replenish her energy away from work and study? I'm traveling a lot, and uh, I usually try to combine um, uh 
traveling and visiting different countries with the uh, understanding actually of the culture of the local people. So I'm honestly, I'm going on the streets and watch people walk, just walk on the streets and see how people are behaving, uh, how they are reacting when they're happy, when they're sad, uh, what kind of buildings uh, they are living in. So I usually do not like to stay to, uh, to stay at hotels. I'm trying to rent apartments just to see how it looks like and if I would be able to live in a in a specific environment. That is a very wholesome answer, Roxana. That sounds great. And uh, I want to ask as well, um, to the career starters listening, what one tip would you give to someone who has a lot of enthusiasm, perhaps yourself when you were starting out in your career might remind you of this person, but isn't quite sure of that first step to take. How do they channel their enthusiasm into a way that can help their team and the workplace and themselves, of course? I think there is a specific confidence if you uh, if you train a little bit yourself, if you educate yourself before going to a specific job, it gives you this confidence that uh, makes the positive from you actually being a positive, more positive than is just uh, do something. You know, remember what I told you, just do something. No, if you, if you, you, you document yourself before that the do something thing is actually do exactly the right thing. So my advice for the people would be uh, before you do a change, before you start a new job, before you start the first job, um, try to understand the company that you're going. Try to, to, to see how your manager looks like. Maybe you will not like your manager. Um, if you see that spark in the interview, that's it. That's the thing. Go for it. Just go and start, start uh, educate yourself and don't do one thing, do the exact thing that is needed. I would totally agree with that. Be open to your journey, but a little bit of preparation also doesn't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Roxana, last question, and it's a fun one. So, I want to ask you, um, do you watch Marvel superhero movies? Uh, well, yes and no, I don't have too much time. I usually was doing, I was watching, uh, actually going to the cinema, but with the COVID and everything, Netflix is my, my companion. So, so the question is, imagine you were in the Marvel Universe and an alternative version of Roxana exists in the multiverse. There's another Roxana somewhere on a different Earth. If you had the chance to relive your career from the very start would you do it again the same or would you do it all differently i think i would do it differently i think i would um i know that uh, there were mistakes that i've been doing i've been learning from them and i've become the better version after after that but i think there were some things that if i would be more careful about it I would not uh, um, got got in that situation. So yes, I would be a different. Uh, I would change a little bit of the way that I uh, I would um, I would do the things, but I will probably still be a people person. Yeah, I think that's that's a great. Um, that's just life, isn't it? You learn from experience, 
So, Roxana, on that very wise note, I would like to say it's been a real pleasure to talk to you, Roxana. You're a, you're a very impressive lady with great energy and um, clearly very ambitious and headstrong. And um just want to say thank you for such an engaging conversation. Thank you for having me on, on the podcast. And I hope that we will meet again. Actually, we'll meet again. <laughs> yes, we will, for sure. And thank you for joining me once again on the Global Careers Call. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was the Global Careers Calls podcast brought to you by the University of London Career Service. All links and resources are in the episode notes. This episode was hosted by Tanyel Kazim, edited by Appy Underwood, and introduced by me, Melissa Drorian. Follow and subscribe to keep up to date with our upcoming episodes with more motivational stories from our diverse graduate cohort. And please rate and leave a review if you found it useful. To listen to previous episodes and find further resources by our team, visit www.london.ac.uk forward slash careers.